Well, good morning. Okay, three of you, I think, are awake. Good morning. Okay, that's a little bit better. We'll we'll work on that throughout the morning. I'm so glad that uh, we just get to be together this morning just to spend time as a family worshiping the Lord and, and finishing out 2019. Can you believe this is the end of 2019 already? But, you know, think about it. <clears throat> we are on the precipice of the end of a decade to starting a brand new decade. The, the 19s, the teens will be done. We're going into the 2020s. So the good thing is next year, no matter what happens, whatever, everything will be 2020. So your vision should be clearer this coming year, right? <clears throat> but, you know, as, as we just came off the Christmas season, um, I don't know about you who heard this so- the song, John Lennon's Happy Christmas, I don't know how many times. But you know, that first stanza of that song is, so this is Christmas, and what have you done? Another year over, and a new one just begun. And I think so often, <clears throat> we come to the end of the year, and sometimes we look back, and we have good memories, and then sometimes we look back and say, eh, I am so glad this year is about to come to an end. I don't know about you, there have been high points, but there's also been some real struggles this year. But the neat thing is to see how God has brought us through and that you're here today because God has a purpose for you and he wants to speak life into you today. But what do you hope 2020 will look like for you? What is your vision? What is your dream for 2020? You know, Proverbs 2019, the first part of that says that where there is no vision, the people perish. Many times we go into the year hoping it'll be better, but we're not doing anything to make that happen. And I'm hoping today, by the time I'm done, that you will have a decision of something you choose to be different in your life. What do you choose to leave 2020 with? Dr. Seuss, a great theologian, right? said, today I will behave as if this is the day I will be remembered. Proverbs 13 tells us, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And I spent some time looking at that word, inheritance. We often only think of it in monetary or physical things that we're handing off. But Inheritance is something that is passed down. It can be property, it can be finances, but it can also be traits. It can be a legacy, things that your family is known for. It can be transmitted from parent to the offspring or, or even other people can give gifts and, give th- and plant things into people's life that changes them. And so I started thinking about as when Pastor Dave asked me to speak today, This whole idea of legacy, of leaving an inheritance, just settled in my heart. That this year coming up, what will the inheritance will I pass on to those around me? Gary Vaynerchuk said it this way, please think about your legacy because you're writing it every day. What do you hope to pass on to your family? What do you want your workplace to look like at the end of 2020? Or at the coffee shop? Or at your favorite restaurant where people know you by name? What do you want to leave this next year that will make a difference? 
So the first thing I want us to look at is I want my legacy, my godly heritage is made by my daily choices. It just doesn't happen. It's what I choose day by day in my relationship with the Lord. Billy Graham said it this way. The greatest legacy one can pass on to one's children and grandchildren is not money or other material things accumulated in one's life, but rather a legacy of character and faith. You know, we might not have a lot financially to hand off, but I want to my grandchildren, my, my children and my grandchildren to carry on in their walk with God. If I fail in that, it doesn't matter what financial blessings or things I can give them. If I fail in not, not bringing up my grandsons to love God, I failed. I want that legacy passed on, not just a knowledge about God, but that they know who God is for themselves and they walk with him. You know, the scripture tells us in Proverbs 20, verse six says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. A lot of times we, you know, parents know that one. And we talk about disciplining our kids, but are we investing in them to develop their character so that they can be compassionate towards others, that they can be giving from themselves to others, that they're walking out what it means to be a believer to their, to their friends, to their neighbors. But how do the, a lot of times you're like, well, do we do a, a lesson plan? Do it? They learn it by what we do. Are we giving? Are we taking time when we hear about a neighbor in need that we're going over bringing food, bringing whatever the need is, just to minister to those around us? Do we show compassion when something happens that's sad? Do we rejoice when other people get promoted or things go well for them? How's my character when things don't go my way? Do I throw things? Do I break things? Do I say blue words? Or do we still trust God even in the difficult times. How's my speech? Deuteronomy 30 tells us there was a time when the, as the children of Israel were traveling, they had to come up to a decision. And it says in verse 19, it says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that you and your offspring may live. If we want to make a difference for our grandchildren, start today in your own life. Make sure your relationship with God is going in the right direction. You're allowing him to mold you into the man or the woman of God that he's created you to be so that they see what it means. Husbands, are you modeling loving your wife as Christ loved the church? Wives, are you supportive of your husband? Or are we constantly backbiting? Are we constantly tearing down what God has put together? So when we first start, we look, my legacy is based upon my daily decisions. The second thing, I choose to boldly proclaim my decision to follow Jesus. That was a good place to say amen. 
Are we willing to boldly proclaim that we believe in Jesus Christ? I know in some circles, it's not really popular to say that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by, by him. But it's the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. But what, it, what consumes our conversation? What do people hear from us? Do they even know we go to church? Or is, yeah, I go on Sunday. And that's the relationship. All we say about Christ. Or do we proclaim? Yes, I do believe. And when we see somebody in need, we go and pray for them. That we bring the anointing of God where we are. You know, Matthew 6 tells us that where our treasure is, there your heart will be also. I wonder sometimes what our treasure is when I hear people's conversations. And this is not to be condemning. It's just to challenge us. What are we talking about? When we're afraid to share about what God has done. Well, some people might not, they might get offended. You know, I'm excited that today my parents are here from Florida. But four months ago, we were in a hospital standing by dad's side while he had open heart surgery. And God was, brought him miraculously through and he was out of the hospital. And they told him he could be in there almost two weeks and he was out in six days. But it's a miracle that, He's still here. But I I boldly proclaimed when I came back to work, I wanted people to know God still moves and does miracles. Let's make sure our treasure, our relationship with God is proclaimed in all we say and do. But you see, in our lives, if we've decided to follow Christ, Galatians tells us that in verse 220, it says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I live, but Christ that lives through me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm no longer who I was. I live differently. He's living through me. Do people see his life exuded from who I am? What I say, what I do. 1 Corinthians 10 tells us this in verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Give no offense to the Jews or the Greeks or the church of God, just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many that they may be saved. Are we living a life that we want to, that people want to be saved, that they are drawn to the goodness of God? Are we giving a clear message? It's not just about living and doing the do's and don't doing the don'ts. It's about having that relationship with God and that when the Lord asks us to do something, that we step out of our comfort zone and we do it. Sometimes people will respond. Sometimes they're like, oh, that was nice. But will we do it? Do we show, I choose to show reverence for the word of God. It's not enough that I, you know, I have to make a decision. I have to, I want to boldly proclaim my faith, but I start that by actually adhering to and and knowing what the word of God says. Psalms 119 Starting with verse eight, it says, I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to the word. 
With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from, wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's the word of God is the, that brings that light to our path. It's what keeps us on the straight and narrow. It's what helps us hear the voice of God speaking to us. I've heard a lot of crazy things that people said God told them to do and I can open up the word of God and say, that's not God. But how do you judge when God's leading you in something if you don't know what he's already said? When Joshua was getting ready to lead the children of Israel finally into the promised land, you know, he was be- the Lord was encouraging him and says, be strong and courageous for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. And he says, only be very strong and very courageous being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commended you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. Verse eight, though, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success by listening and allowing the word of God to flow through us. Clearly articulating the voice of God. But as we start applying that word, it changes our actions. That I then can choose to actively live a life of obedience. Ooh. We don't always get to do what we want to do. I sometimes think if people applied the word of God before they responded to people on Facebook, the world would be a much gentler, a more gentle place. That's what I'm trying to say. But I ask myself, do I model what I say I believe? Can my family, my coworkers, my neighbors see Christ in me and through me? Am I living out my walk by faith? Can people say, when they're going through a tough situation, that person knows the Lord, and I want to be near them because they believe that prayer still works. They still believe in the power of God to set people free, to bring healing, to bring deliverance. But that only happens when we're walking a life of obedience to him. James 1 tells us this in verse 21. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. It's not enough just to come and hear Pastor Dave have wonderful illustrated messages, climbing on boxes, doing all these nice uh, things for us. But it's taking that message and walking it out Monday through Friday in our workplaces. But every day is a walk of obedience, putting that into practice. So that when we look at Mark 12 and when Jesus was asked what was the greatest commandment, he says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And and then to love your neighbor as yourself. Are you and I truly loving God with everything we got.
are we still kind of holding back in some areas? I know in my life, there's areas I'm still not 100%. I want to be, and I ask the Lord to give me the strength to be. But it's amazing how you'll find yourself hesitant at times. Just not sure, how will they receive it? And so you think, and sometimes you miss an opportunity to share. But I want this year, 2020, to be the year I take the brakes off. And when he says go, I put the foot to the floor and I'm going. Not relying on myself, but relying upon his loving arms to direct me where he's saying for me to go and that he'll get me through there. But in that, I also want to love my neighbors, those around in the church, at work, and my physical neighbors as I love myself. Do you know your neighbor? Do you know who, them by name? You know things about them? You know the struggles they're going with or going through right now? I know a, a, I've met my neighbors, but you know what? This year I want to move beyond just a meeting. I want to know them a little bit better and be involved with bringing the love of Jesus into their life. I want to be like the Good Samaritan that when I see somebody that's been wounded on the side of the road, that I stop, I go to those that are in need. So that's the problem. Sometimes we, a lot of times we'll get into a situation, we want them to come ask us instead of going to where they are in need and stepping out and just really loving them when they can't help themselves. So if I start putting that life of obedience into action, it helps me to number five, I will stand firm, empowered by the Spirit of God. There will be struggles in your life. 2020 will have difficulties, I can guarantee that. I heard Pastor Matt say something about taxes. All of us will have that lovely bill, right? But there's issues that will arise. There will be struggles. There will be conflict. There will be health issues. There will be disappointments. We have an election cycle. Oh, help us, Lord Jesus. But our Savior is not what happens next November. Our relationship with God will not be changed no matter who wins in the elections. Jesus is Lord of all. And if we are in relationship with him, we can stand no matter what the enemy tries to bring, no matter what the lies are, no matter what the attacks come. So how will you stand in that time when difficulty comes? Are you aware when the enemy starts scheming against your life? It's easy to get upset when somebody says something not recognizing what's behind it. I've seen people say things and then they're like, well, that's not really what I meant. But the enemy's voice spoke loudly to you and it was a scheme to get you frustrated, angry, and off of the course that God had for you. So, does your family know you as a fighter? That you're gonna take, when the enemy comes, you're gonna stand and resist? 
First Peter 5 tells us in verse 8, be sober-minded and be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour, resisting him firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. All of us are going to face resistance from the enemy. Guaranteed, if you call yourself a believer, you're going to have resistance. The enemy's going to come at you, period. You have to decide, do I resist or do I allow him to come in to steal, kill, and destroy? That's our choice. Ephesians 6, many of us know this about the... It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, putting on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Are you putting the the armor of God on? Is your head protected? Are you trusting in the word of God, the sword of the spirit? Do you have the breastplate of righteousness? Are your feet prepared with the gospel of peace? Do you have those things on you? So that when the enemy comes, you're already standing in peace. You already are surrounded by truth. You already have righteousness. Your head, you're covered in salvation. You know who you are and who you're standing with. We're standing in the and strong in his might. Because verse 12 tells us, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Because John 10, 10 tells us, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Christ said he'd come that we would have life and have it abundantly, more abundantly. You're not made to be destroyed by the schemes of the devil. The problem is we don't take the time to put on our armor and then we're open to the attacks and the arrows of the enemy. Luke 10, Jesus, as he was sending out the 12, he says, behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. He gave us all the authority to go and to resist the enemy. James 4 says it this way. God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. Verse seven, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Are you resisting? Are you standing on the word of God? Not putting your Bible and standing on it, but standing on what the the truth of the word of God says. Are you standing in the authority of the power of the Holy Spirit that's inside of you, resisting the enemy when he comes? 1 John 4, 4 tells us that he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Do you see yourself as victorious? Do you see yourself coming through the fight? Jesus has already defeated. We're just standing strong because of what he did through his body, the blood that was shed. We have that authority to stand. So I need to stand and break generational curses that are on my family. 
I need to stand against the attacks of the enemy that I see coming against my, my wife and against my children, against my grandchildren. I need to be aware that the enemy wants to cause strife and problems there. We all need to be looking for those areas. We stand up and we make a difference. The choice is mine. I put this with mine. I want you to make that, those decisions as well. The choice is ours to make. I can't make it for you, but I can make it for me. Maya Angelou said it this way, if you're going to live, live, leave a legacy, make a mark on the world that can't be erased. I want to make a declaration just as Joshua did in Joshua 24. You know, the people were struggling and they were brought along idols from their past and the country they were going into was filled with idols. And in verse 15, it says, and if it is evil in, in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites whose land you, in which you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This is a day and age for the church to say in 2020, we will serve the Lord. We're going to take our stand here and we're going to take the love of Christ and we're going to drown this city in the love of God. We're going to take it and show what it means to follow Christ. But I'm going to take it and I'm going to start on County Line Road here in Kalamazoo County. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And we're going to branch out from there everywhere we go. Ephesians 3 says, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. We can have the boldness because of what Christ has done for us. So that, like it says in Hebrews 4, that we can draw near to the throne of grace with confidence that we find mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. The church is living in a, a we're, I believe, getting to the last days. And we're living in a time that the church needs to be light in the darkness. But we can also know because of what Christ has done, we can go at any time with boldness, asking for direction, asking for help, and the Lord will give us the direction we need. You might be facing some difficult decisions ahead. Go to the throne and ask for the help you need. You might be facing medical situations. The Lord is, your, is our healer. It might require surgery, but realize the Lord is the one that brings you through. So what do we want to pass on to the next generation? What do... What do I choose to leave? Am I teaching my grandsons to have a godly vision? To go and to, to have a hunger and thirsting for righteousness because then they'll be filled with those things? What are those things that other people have invested in my life that I want to pass on to others? What legacy will I leave? As we get ready to end here, I'm going to
turn it up a notch, literally and figuratively. I have a music video I'm going to play for you. It's a lyric video. I will warn you, it is a Christian rock song. So some of you might go, wow, that's loud. It is. But I want you to read these lyrics because I think the boldness that is in this song, I want us to leave from today with this type of boldness that we make our declaration, we decide it before we leave here today, what declaration we want to leave for our family. This uh, video is actually from a, a group out of Wyoming, and uh, he's a, the guy that wrote this song is a pastor, and he wrote this and shared it with the men in his church. So I'm going to share it with the men and women in our church, and he actually was excited that we we're sharing this this morning. So if that's ready... Are you awake now? <laughs> but are we going to make a declaration boldly that I am going to live courageously? I'm going to live what I say I believe, that when the darkness comes, I'm going to face it. And are we passing that on to our kids, to our grandkids? This is the day for you and I to stand up, to make that declaration. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hallelujah. So as, as we're going to wrap this up, I invite you to honestly look at yourself. Look at your family and decide what is the legacy you will leave? What will you take today and walk out from here? Besides hearing rock music in church. But what will you take and decide for yourself today? What legacy will you be known for? Thank you, Lord. Well, Lord Jesus, we just come to you right now. Lord, we ask that you would meet with each and every one of us, that as we go from here, that we do stand upon what you have done in our lives. It is because of what you did upon that cross, you shedding your blood, you broke the power of sin and death over us. You set us free from the power of sin. And if we have received you, we are set free. And this Holy Spirit dwells in us, equipping us, as we wind up 2019 and launch into 2020. But Lord, we want to go there with you, with our relationship with you, with the word of God flowing through us, and that we will live courageously. We will live a life of obedience. We will share your love with those we come in contact with. And Lord, we do choose that as for me, in this house, we will serve the Lord. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.